Time the Bucks time of future Hall of Famer. I don't even I can't keep track anymore. <laughs> Richard Sherman is a buck, and Scott Reynolds is here to break it all down with me on this wonderful, glorious Wednesday in which the beat that we have, God, the opportunity we have to cover this team just keeps getting more fun. It's hard to put into words at this point. Uh, Sherman did practice with the Bucks today. Uh, I don't know how much we'll see him play, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about his fit. We'll talk yeah. about the off-field issues as two, which are important to mention. Um, we'll talk about all of that today on the show, as well as the ripple effect for Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. It's a full slate of content today, Peter. Oh, yeah. This is a show not to miss. And I would be remiss if, if this if I didn't say this brings me back. This is like the glory days of 2002 again, where I'd walk into to a, a Bucks locker room, and it's like, who am I going to talk to today? Let's see, there's Warren Sapp, and there's Keyshawn Johnson, and there's there's Simeon Rice, and there's Mike Allstad back there, and and uh, gosh, there's Derek Brooks, and over here comes John Lynch, and there's Rondé Barber. I mean, it just was a, it yeah. was a who's who. It was a pewter Pro Bowl locker room, and uh, you know, and now the, the Buccaneers' uh, star power is is even brighter. There's another star in in Tampa that's going to shine, and I think Richard Sherman is is here, not just to help the team, but also to prove a point that he can still play in this league. Right. And uh, and John, you pointed out that uh, his his stats and his play according to pro football focus in 2019 when he helped the 49ers get to the super bowl i mean just a stellar right. um, stellar yeah. year for richard sherman that was at age 31 now he's 33 we'll see if he still has the magic absolutely there's plenty to get to in that front too hello to everyone in the chat mr smith we need to vet in the secondary hear that uh charlie uh bring the energy and the attitude the second whoa our, our look is way different here this is kind of cool I didn't realize that we changed the look there. I like it. I didn't either. Um, uh, uh, Toby says Pat McAfee just used our tweet on a show. I have not Appreciate seen Pat's that. show yet today, uh, so Great. I wonder what his show, uh, his show says. But uh, Pat, uh, appreciate it. Justin uh, made it. Justin made it. <sighs> made it in college. Thank you, Justin. Thank That's you. a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Tyler says Sherman will hand out you mad bro t-shirts to the young secondary. <laughs> I was actually thinking Brady <laughs> should wear the t-shirt, Scott, as he goes yeah. into this next game. Like he should wear it going in off the bus or whatever. You know, everybody yes. has something. Yep. He won't do that. But uh, Emily says, hi. Greg says, if only our team did everything, did something newsworthy. <laughs> I know. Point, Greg. Low times. Never happens, Tampa. right? Waiting, yeah. waiting for this, just another average game here on Sunday. In right. England. Yeah. Bendix uh, loves the Sherman signing. Great signing. What's up? What's up? Hello to everyone in the chat box time 12. Philip, Cali Bucks, good stuff. Uh, very excited to get to the show today. And all brought to you by our friends over at Celsius, Scott. It is, John. It is. I had the orange this morning. And I forgot to grab one before I got ready for the show. I'm flying in the it's door okay. for practice. Got another one right here that I had um, yesterday. Throw Fuji. me one through the... Fuji apple pear. Here you go, yeah. John. Take that. There you go. Thank you. Fuji apple pear and orange. I've had these the last two days and uh, tasty treats for sure. And packed with energy. That's, that's the thing, John, is when you're looking for that boost of energy without the crash, that's why I turned mm -hmm. to Celsius. Because it doesn't have any sugar in it, and it's got essential energy, accelerates metabolism, it burns body fat, 
and uh, it's it's just it's it's pure energy for me that keeps me going. And with other energy drinks that I used to drink in the past, it, it, they would work great for an hour. And then you start to get that slow decline, and um, you know it, it's it's annoying, right? Because the whole point of of getting the energy is to is to stay alert, stay awake, stay active. And uh, and when the crash comes, that's not good. Never had a crash. I've been drinking Celsius for, gosh, going on two years now. Never had a crash with Celsius. And uh, if you want to know where you can get Celsius, well, I'm going to tell you. Go to Celsius.com. Click on the store locator and type in your address. You're going to have all sorts of health and fitness stores and convenience stores, grocery stores, et cetera, pop up. Then find uh, those locations around you. Go grab a couple cans. Try the different flavors because John, that's the the thing about Celsius is it's not just an energy drink. It is a great tasting energy drink, and mm-hmm. it comes in a variety of flavors. Tropical Vibes, one of the newest one, Peach Vibe, has been a huge hit with our our audience. Um, they've got the 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 strawberry guava, um, all sorts of flavors. Wild berry, and uh, and then once you find the flavors that you like, do yourself a favor, go to Amazon, buy them in bulk. Mm-hmm. And save money with the subscribe and save. They ship them right to your door. And John, guess what? I just got a, a shipment today of Tropical Vibe. So I, I was Ooh. out of that. That's a huge hit of my family. Yes. Uh, I'm now I'm the hero because I got some shipped. There you go. Amazon lickety split. Right. Speaking of great taste, you got to try the fast protein bars, caramel peanut crunch, the white chocolate cookies and cream. You got to do it. I'm telling you, these are the best tasting protein bars I have ever had in my life, Scott. Uh, I have. I've been a protein bar connoisseur over my life. I've tried so many different kinds. I've not had one like this, and I don't think I'll ever. I know I won't stop eating these ones for any other protein bar. They are the best. So make sure check out Fast Protein Bars, and you can use the link actually in the YouTube description of this show to order yourself some uh, with the discount price too. Uh, there's yes. two more days. Twenty percent right, off. Twenty percent off expires September thirtieth. So yeah. two more days. Yep. So and hurry then, and do that. And great grab and go uh, snacks right. for uh, for the Eight kids. one today on the way back from school. yeah from practice. Eight one yeah. today. All right, let's talk about Richard Sherman. Um, here we go. Let's uh, first of all, Richard Sherman, thirty three years old. Um, and that is that a concern for you, Scott? The age we he has been banged up a little bit. He's had significant injury in his past, Achilles, I believe. And then last year, it's kind it's of a calf strain for a yeah. while. Then he came back and played some games toward the end of the year and, you know, just never a hundred percent. It felt like, but it didn't feel like any like real big injury. And so what's your thought process on the age and how it affects the the cornerback room that the Bucks have currently? Well, the interesting thing about Sherman with those injuries is, is their, their lower body, lower body injuries. And that's a little bit of a concern as he's 33 years old, right? You're coming up an Achilles, but he was able to rebound from that with his stint in San Francisco, again, turning in a fantastic year in 2019, he was the highest graded corner by Pro Football Focus that year. Again, helping the 49ers get to the Super Bowl where they, they lost to the Chiefs. They had a lead in the fourth quarter in that game. And you look at, at Sherman, uh, started 15 games that season. In the regular season, he had three interceptions, including a pick six. I'm trying to remember when that pick six happened. Oh, yeah, it happened for him in James Stadium in week one against Jameis Winston. Uh, the 49ers got up to a good start that year by beating the Bucks here in Tampa. So he's already had some success at Ray J. And, uh, and finished with 61 tackles that year. He's a very good tackler, two tackles for loss, and then he had 11 pass breakups. So really, that's the last 
full season we've seen from Sherman, as you mentioned, John, last year in San Francisco, played five games, still had one interception in, in an mm-hmm. abbreviated, truncated season, 18 tackles, two tackles for loss. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see how fast he is, how much speed he's lost or retained. And the interesting thing is on his podcast, when he broke the news, he kind of talked about his speed and uh, even wrote a story about it on PeterReport.com today uh, saying, is he fast enough or is he past his prime? And uh, I I believe we're going to figure out pretty quickly whether he is or not. And and he he probably won't play this Sunday. We'll get to that in a second. But he he was asked about his speed and he says enough to get the job done. When you play corner, whether you run 4-7 or you run 4-1, if you don't play your guy right, if you don't have the right technique, if you guess – you can get beat by 10 yards on a go route at any point in time. The same can be said if you run a 4-5. Xavier yeah. Howard had 10 picks last year to lead the league, and I'm pretty sure he's not a 4-3 guy. People overemphasize that. It's overrated in this league. Speed is important, Sherman continues. But everybody is fast enough to play. If you're out there, if you're a veteran, and you've made it through four or five years in this league, you're fast enough to get the job done. The rest comes down to anticipation and understanding body positioning. And I think I do that as well as anyone. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with Sherman's assessment there of himself. In general, for the corner position, I would say speed is very, very important. And I'm somebody who will thumbs down uh, athletic testing at times because I don't think it, all, all athletic testing matters all positions. But I'll say this, if you can play as cerebrally and with as much anticipation as Richard Sherman, yeah, you probably don't have to be that fast. Most people can't, right. so they need to be faster. Sherman never really has needed to be. I mean, there's not really a downside to Sherman, Scott. Like, there's no downside to this signing to me, you know, if everything's right. good off the field and, and in the locker room, which I'm assuming that it is because Sherman has been exemplary in those, and especially in the locker room throughout his career. And it already you could see from talking to box players how much you know, Jordan Whitehead was like beaming when we asked him oh, yeah. the whole time. Um, it was, I feel like for Sherman now, it's it's going to be, you know, this idea of how quickly can he get up to speed? Because in terms of what the Bucks need, yeah. like there's no question Richard Sherman is a great fit in Tampa Bay, especially considering they paid next to nothing for him. So there's no down the road cap hit. They had the space to do it this year. They got it done. They're not hurting themselves to sign him. You know, he's again like everything that you want. He he kind of already fits that bill, and especially in the scheme fit. Like he is experienced, cover three, cover four, playing deep zones, processing. He's a great tackler, very physical. It's probably take a little while to get back to speed with that, but yeah. I mean, he played last year or something. He played at the end of the year right. last year or something. Like it's not like he really hasn't played in that long. Yeah, so, he just didn't have the benefit of training camp this year, of OTAs, right. of right. Um, you know, of the preseason, just to kind of you know get his feet wet again in the game of football. You know, and and to the point about speed that that Sherman was talking about. You know, Carlton Davis ran a four-five-three at the combine. Right, he's not the most fleet of foot cornerback uh, in the NFL or even in Tampa Bay. Jamel Dean's faster. He ran a four-three, mm-hmm. but Carlton Davis is the better corner. So speed right. does not always mean that you're a good corner. It helps in Madden, yeah. you know. But but in real world football, Carlton Davis is the best corner, and he might be he might be the slowest corner. I mean, I guess Ross Cockrell probably, but. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's obviously it all, it, it, yeah. yeah, athleticism always helps. It never hurts. Yes. You know, that's, that's always true, but it doesn't, but it's not the end all be all. Right. It's not the end all be all. It doesn't equal 
greatness. And same for a lack of athleticism. You know, I mean, certainly it lessens your chances most of the time. There are very few corners other than Richard Sherman who has ever pl- who have ever played that position in the in the last 20, 25 years that have tested the way he, you know, he's kind of tested before that have had and nobody that's had his kind of career and that have even been starters in the NFL uh, with his athletic yeah. So he is an outlier, but he's been doing it for 10 years. So that part doesn't really even matter at this point because he's clearly right. proven that he can stay just in an outlier. You mentioned that 2019 season, the last full season that he played on the field, he was pro football focus's number one rated corner for the year. I think right. there's some context involved there because I would not say Richard Sherman shadowed number one every single week. He did do it at times for sure. But yeah. I would say there's a difference in usage. But he's not going to do that in Tampa Bay either. So it's so that part's fine in terms of translation. He had a 90.5 coverage grade for Pro Football wow. Focus. He was good. targeted 61 times and only gave up 34 catches. That is just bonkers yeah. stuff. I mean, he's barely given up over 50% of his targets. That's just not unusual considering that a lot of targets aren't even going to be defended, you know, but they're going to be allowed right. underneath. And you make tackles, especially as his own corner. He he just makes a lot of plays in the ball, Scott. He did 13 pass breakups, I think, that year. He had five interceptions. Two of those came in the playoffs. So, yeah, in the Super Bowl, certainly there was a, there was a couple down moments for him in the Super Bowl. That is always going to happen as a corner. But the guy's never had a below average season. He's never really had an average season. Right. Um, he's just always been good. He's always been consistent. He's always been good. And it's been within a scheme like this one. So there isn't like a huge, like, okay, yeah, he's always been good, but what happens if we do this with him? And now we don't know whether he'll be good or not. I just think you never know year to year with players when somebody's going to fall off, but there's nothing in, in Sherman's career that would suggest that he's due to do anything other than be a, a help to this team at the very least, a help right. and, and it's higher. And, you know, it could be a huge impact. Yeah, and I think too when you look at at the play, that's one thing on Sundays. But what he can do for the Buccaneers in practice is something else. I mean, he's as as good as Carlton Davis is. Davis is this is his fourth year in the league. He has plenty he can learn from a guy like Richard Sherman, and I think that's probably been the detriment of the secondary, and maybe maybe part of the reason why it hasn't lived up to its full potential at the cornerback position. While there's been some growing pains that that's only natural for any player in this league to go through growing pains. But this has almost been a, outside of Kevin Ross, it's kind of like a, a teach yourself how to play the position. Uh, Kevin Ross, I've got all the respect in the world for him as, as a cornerbacks coach, was a huge fan of his growing up in Kansas City when he played for the Chiefs. He's a stellar cornerback in his day. But I think any coach, especially coaches that have played in this league, like Kevin Ross uh, has, they'll tell you it's beneficial to have another voice. The coach is the coach. But when yeah. you hear something from a player, you you get the message in stereo then. Or sure. sometimes you, you right. get something extra that you don't get from the coach. Because, listen, the coach is – you know he's if he's having a one-on-one conversation with one guy – the other guys are just standing around waiting for right. further instruction. And that's that's yeah. the times, John, where you've got the veterans that will pull a guy aside and, and, and impart some wisdom, make a correction, share a, a tip or trick, a hack to help these mm-hmm. guys uh, grow up and get better quickly. Right, for sure. And Buckstein 12 says, still think they'll inquire into Gilmore a little based on Brady and Gilmore was as good as Jalen pre-injury. You know, Gilmore's not in consideration for the Bucs. A, cap space is an issue, but B yeah. – yeah, he's not considered. This is the move they made. They made it. Uh, there's no Gilmore consideration Correct. for Tampa Bay just to address it. Now, some other people wanted to know. Let me see if I can find the comment. Greg 
Greg's comment says, when is SMB scheduled to return? Let's dive into this a little bit, Scott, just yeah. in terms of the fit. We'll get to Sean Murphy Bunting, so bear with us here, Greg. First, what's the fit like for Richard Sherman? Not in terms of the scheme. I think I've made it clear the scheme is a good fit for him. When the right. Bucks do their changeup, they go to press man. There's no off-man coverage. They're not like a ton of cover to get depth. You know, it, like there's where that you have to be a little more athletic in some of those. There isn't that type of scheme. So it's a good fit for him schematically. He can, he can bump into press man as needed against certain matchups. Obviously, he's not going to win all of them at his age, but there'd be certain matchups, a lot of teams, he's going to be able to be helpful. Uh, yeah. for them and he plays the ball really really well in the air that's a huge thing for this team too opportunistic for a bulls defense is key let's let's look at it this way though sean or uh, carlton davis has played about the last two years 2019 2020 has played about 75 80 percent of his snaps back he has moved around at times but usually just for a couple reps yeah. in a game when he's trailing somebody we've seen him switch sides with michael thomas but he's usually there on that Keenan left Allen side though but he's usually a yeah, left side yeah. staple. And Richard Sherman has played about 95% of his snaps over the last couple of years, probably in his career too. But I just looked at the last couple of years on the left side. He doesn't really play ever in the slot, almost never plays on the right side. He's pretty much right. just a left side cornerback. So I asked Bruce Aaron today, well, have you guys talked about that at all? Is that a big change? I don't even know. Like, is that a big change? I'll probably have yeah. somebody ask Todd Bowles about it tomorrow too. And he said Carlton Davis is super flexible for us. He's going to move around. He's going to, be, you know, he'll play. So it sounded like he would play the right side, Carlton Davis, and Richard Sherman would right. stay on the left side. I think that's smart and the way to go. Here's my question, Scott. While Sean Murphy Bunting is out, which, by the way, could be midseason, could be end of the season. We don't know yet at this point. Yeah. The Bucs probably it's, don't know. It's and that's really why a week-to-week thing. Yeah, it really right. is with them. So if he's out, who plays the slot? For Tampa Bay, <laughs> is it I, is it Jamel? I, I mean, it can't be Jamel Dean. He's no, an outside corner. It's, it's, it's not Cockrell. Richard Sherman. It's, so it's Ross Cockrell. I think it's Carlton yeah. Davis, though. So does Ross Cockrell play over over Jamel Dean? You know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I think, I if think Sherman he does. And, if Sherman, I think so Cockrell then plays Dean's over your, Dean. Because, so Dean becomes the fifth corner, you think, yeah, when Murphy Bunting's in, in this situation, yes. And, okay. So the and, first outside corner, but, but you don't think Davis plays in the slot with Sherman and Dean outside? Sherman on the left side, Dean I, on the I right think side. if Murphy Bunting comes back, when he comes back, he becomes the, the nickel corner, and he might be the starter in base defense depending on how Sherman plays. If Sherman plays as expected, you might see Sean Murphy Bunting only come in in nickel defense and have sure. Sherman right. on one side and Davis on the other. And Dean would be the fourth corner in that situation. He'd Correct. be the first outside, the first sub on the outside. My question is yes. before that happens, because they're probably going to be playing several more weeks without Sean Murphy Bunting, yes. I, I would guess. Before that happens, what do they do at the nickel spot? Because to me, there's no clear answer. Carlton Davis yeah. has barely played there in his career. Yeah. And he's it's been situational. And yeah, he gave up a touchdown to Tyree Kill there. I know it's Tyree Kill. Yeah. Well, Devin White picked him off <laughs> the last route week. last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that wasn't even necessarily a knock against right. him. But it's hard. I mean, Davis is clearly not a slot corner. Nothing yeah. about the way that he plays the game suggests he'd be a slot corner if you're playing man coverage. The other element to this, Scott, is that the Bucks are a pretty zone-heavy team. First two weeks of the season, they were about 70 75%, 80% zone, yeah. and a very small percentage of man coverage. Last week, as we see, when they go up against a receiving core that's a little more loaded across the board, like right. they did with the Chiefs, like they did with the Packers, like they did with the Saints, they tend to say, okay, we're going to play a little bit more press man. And it didn't go well for them last week. Largely, the injury was part of it, and there were some other things. But yeah. 
if they go to a man coverage scheme, like if I don't think against the Patriots, we're going to see them play a lot. I like what Jason Russell says. Uh, I think that that you get Mike Edwards on the field and you put him at safety. But it's not going to happen. It's It's not going to happen. No, I I agree. Bowles has said, Winfield said, everybody said, Winfield's not moving. I agree. Marion said, what, four guys get looks at nickel. Right. That's what I would do. I would um, think about it too. I think yeah. Jason brings up a good point. I think you bring up a good point. Yeah. I would think about that too, but it's not going to happen. So yeah, uh, the, the team has made the decision right or wrong. Edwards cannot play the nickel on a full-time basis. When you see Edwards playing nickel, it's going to be how he was deployed against the Falcons situationally in underneath his zone, allowing him to have help over the top because he just not as fleet of, as foot as, as, as even Ross Cockrell is. Uh, and, and guys like D. Delaney, although Delaney's more of an outside corner. But yeah. um, the anticipation that you've seen from Mike Edwards, that showed up on that interception where, where he stepped in front of Russell Gage, picked off the pass, playing that that shallow zone where his, his lack of speed is not going to be exposed as much. That's and then my also, question then. Yeah. If, if they're going to play more zone heavy moving forward, you know, look at some of the quarterbacks they Usually when they fit the top tier guys, they're like, all right, like now we're going to, and now I wonder if with Mac Jones, like we're going to play zone, we're going to bait them into mistakes. We're going to make them read out the defense man coverage. You kind of can decide pre-snap where you're going with the football. And that's why Bulls doesn't like it. Now it might be hard to complete if you guys can't get open, but you, you know, a little bit easier where you should go with the football against man coverage against zone. You should read it out a little bit more. You have to wait a little bit, gives the pass rush more chance. I think you're going to see a zone heavy buck team, all the way up, you know, most of the rest of the season, probably I given so their too. matchups. And I wonder if Edwards could then be an option in the slot. I, I think maybe I just be, can't let it go. Maybe I can't I let think it go. It's going to be a situation <laughs> like when, when they want to blitz. I think that he'll he'll be in there in that position of blitz. I think you want him blitzing right rather than Ross Cockrell. Mm. And and you saw what happened when he did. He and and Davis both came on on outside blitzes from the slot, essentially. Although I think I think Carlton was was on the the. the weeks out of the field so so uh both of those guys came that's why mike edwards was able to catch carlton davis's tip pass against the falcons because he was blitzing from the slot so i still think you're going to see a little bit of mike edwards there but you're not going to see a whole bunch but really really what this does is this to me is is kind of a of a a damning move against jamel dean and if i were jamel dean i would play really really well on sunday he was back out of practice today which is encouraging but I would play very. Plus, very he got well roasted up. He got roasted up in this matchup last year. Remember Nelson Aguilar, like who is now on That's the streets, right. obviously. Yeah, that was a uh, one that got him a couple times, actually. So, yes. so this uh, is a, I, a good game to show how much he's grown. Well, he's going to have to because he did not have a good game against Dallas. He rebounded with a good game against the Falcons, uh, although they really had Calvin Ridley and not much else a wide receiver. Russell Gage was limping around the entire game, so the mm-hmm. Falcons didn't have a whole bunch of weaponry. And then all of a sudden, you know, he drops that interception, which was damning. Uh, that could have been a huge game changer in the first quarter for the Bucks. Then he hurts his knee, was not able to come back in the game, yet he's able to practice. So maybe it's a bruise or an MCL sprain, whatever it is. But he's got to really play well. Otherwise, he could be the forgotten man pretty quickly in Tampa Bay yeah. with, with Sherman's addition uh, because he is strictly an outside corner. He is not a nickel. And if Sherman plays well, it'll be it'll be those two guys, Davis and Sherman. And then lo and behold, when when um, Sean Murphy Bunting comes back, um, Murphy Bunting could be an option on the outside, and certainly an option on the inside of nickel. Yeah, that the Murphy Bunting comes back, that part's kind of easy for me to to figure out. I think a little bit in terms of okay, yeah, we're gonna you know 
We'll probably if Sherman does what everybody kind of expects him to do, he'll be one corner. Davis will be the other if he stays healthy, and then you know, yeah. we'll have Sean Murphy bunting in the slot, and as will be your three. It's until he comes back that I am, yeah, and I, I agree with you. Dean needs to play well this week. He'll probably still split snaps or at least get to play a good bit um, with uh, the following week, week five. But uh, Robert Farmer really appreciate the five dollars super chat. Says maybe Sherman can teach our cornerbacks about leverage and discipline. Should we trade Rojo for more DB depth on top of this move? No, I think they're pretty good at DB. I think having yeah. another outside corner. I mean, they were contacted Richard Sherman in week one, Scott. They've so. signed three. They've signed three corners. They got Pierre Desire. They got yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Rashad and Desire can play, by the way. Like yeah, yeah. That's another reason why Dean has to play well. I mean, Desire, right. he's played like he's a player. Like yeah, I think Robinson could be the guy maybe getting caught, or maybe they keep those guys in the practice squad. I don't mm-hmm. know how that's gonna work exactly. I think he was a gunner on special teams. On was, Sunday, yeah. if I saw him on right. the punt unit, so right, yeah. So, so we'll see what they want to do in terms of the amount of corners that they want to keep. But no, I think they're all set at corner. But here's the thing, Scott: we're going to talk. We're going to act like this is just Sean Murphy Bunting's injury, right? And we're going to act yeah. like, oh, Jamel Dean kind of got banged up the other day. And Bruce Arians even said today, he said it's kind of like when we got Antonio Brown in last year. Everybody was kind of healthy and coming back, but we felt like everybody was kind of nicked up. And are they going to stay healthy all year? And we can mm-hmm. aches and pains. And I, I hear all that. I'm not saying that's yeah. not part of it. It's clearly part of it. But if the Bucks felt like super confident about Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting, they wouldn't have contacted Richard Sherman in week one. Like, right. Even right. if Sean Murphy I mean, Bunting, you know, if he doesn't get hurt week one, right. maybe. But and I think that's if a great they felt point confident, Dean especially. Yeah, that's Dean a great especially. point you mentioned because Jason Light reached out to Richard Sherman and started these discussions week one after after Murphy Bunting's injury. And you have to wonder, John, if Murphy Bunting was healthy and it was Jamel Dean that was injured week one. Would there be as much concern in Tampa Bay by Jason Light? Because Dean is the number three corner. I mean, Murphy Bunting is is the clear number two in Tampa. Say what you want about his game, but I'm just saying that's the case. So when you've got your number two corner out and you don't feel really great about your number three in Dean, I think right. that is really what, what, uh, what prompted the move and Jason Light got on the ball quickly after the SMB injury on, on Thursday Night Football. Uh, David yes. uh, Melnick has an interesting take. I'll take Marlon Mack any day over Rojo. Mack is a Tampa guy too, South Florida. The Bucks liked Marlon Mack coming out of the 2017 draft. Matter of fact, the two running backs they really liked in the middle of the draft, I wish they would have gotten one of them because they, they settled for Jeremy McNichols in, uh, in the fifth round. It didn't work out too well. They waited too long for a running back. But they liked Kareem Hunt in the third round an awful lot. It was a toss-up between between Chris Godwin and Kareem Hunt. They chose Godwin, and I think they chose correctly as Godwin's the franchise player right now. The other guy was Marlon Mack, who went in the fourth round to Indianapolis. He is on the trading block. Ronald Jones, we've been hinting at it for a while now, John. I've been writing about it. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about it on the podcast. Ronald Jones is not going to re-sign in Tampa uh, at, after this year. Uh, don't think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are ready to move on from him. Doesn't mean they're going to trade him right now, but it's interesting. I would be in favor of trading Rojo and 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 trading for Marlon Mack because I think Mack hmm. is is better on third downs. I think he's a better pass catcher. He's not the answer at running back, but I, I think that that he's certainly not as predictable. And I think that's the problem with Tampa Bay is now when you have Ronald Jones come in the game, there's a, a real predictability, and there's a reason why he got dropped for a, uh, for a loss, I believe, on his last carry or second to last carry out there in L.A., John, because it's automatic run blitz or pass blitz time when he's in the game. When he's in the game, 
they're they're gonna they're gonna fill all those gaps. They're gonna load the box, and they're either gonna come at you if it's a play action pass, or they're gonna try to get a tackle for loss because uh, Ronald Jones is gonna be running into some some seriously loaded fronts. Yeah, because I'm not, of his lack of pass protection and ability yeah. to catch the ball. I'm not opposed to trading Ronald Jones. I mean, I'm not. You know, it's all about his mental state, and coaches know that better than I do. But I don't know. Like, I don't. I definitely am not like pumped up about Marlon Mack as an option. I'm. You know, he's had significant issues on third downs. It's very similar to Ronald Jones in terms of being able to be a reliable receiver, being able to be trusted to be used in that role uh, for sure. It's kind of. I mean, he's barely played since 2019. His pass protection, he's been bottom tier in the league at that as well. well and, and, that, and that too, I, I think, know. is is why why they the Colts went out and got Naeem Hines too was to, to be right. more of a factor on third downs. I'm just yeah. saying that Marlon drafted Jonathan Taylor and yeah, I, I think just, Marlon Mack is is better than Ronald Jones in in that area, but no, he's not the answer yeah. by any means. Right, and they've got and maybe that's not a big deal because they've got two guys. You know, maybe they just need yeah. somebody who's going to be capable, and maybe he's capable. He certainly run well in in this past. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I would have to go back and look at that 2019 scheme and see what it looked like compared to the Bucs and if that would be a good fit. Either way, I think we probably both agree this is pretty unlikely to happen. He's very yep. cheap, and that's the only reason you're trading. That's you're right. trading probably a seventh for John, him. Listen, if that, you know, it's, it's I, I'm, not I'm, much. I'm not going to bet that this happens. Okay, I'm yeah, not. you're definitely not trading Rojo for him. Let's put it that way. Rojo no, no, almost no. had a thousand yards last year. Matt hasn't played since 2019. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd be trading a seventh for him. Right. I, I would not put money down on any on either one of these trades. But if I were to put money down, if I were to make a bet, John, you know where I would do it. Oh, I know. I know. I know. MyBookie.ag. I would do it at MyBookie.ag. Yes. Tom Brady returns to New England for the biggest game of the year. The stakes have never been higher at MyBookie. Whether you're backing New England or Tampa Bay this Sunday, the game is always more exciting when I've got money on it at MyBookie. Get in on the action and take this game to a whole new level. At MyBookie, both teams are sporting top defenses. Well, maybe one of them right now. We'll see. And nobody knows each other better than Brady and Belichick. Slow and steady will win this race. Smart money bets the under. Don't wait around. Join MyBookie now and bet on the biggest game of the season. Use the promo code pewter to double your first deposit again the promo code is pewter p-e-w-t-e-r to get double your first deposit with my bookie and start your winning season today bet anything anytime anywhere at my bookie and john um i have already made my bets for the week i i'm not going to share all of them with you because i i went a little crazy in college but i did bet on these guys right here Oh, okay. Go Who are they playing? Oklahoma, the team we've beaten oh. the last two years. Ooh. And yes, I have taken the money line on K-State on both of those years and made a fortune. Now, wow. I think Vegas Five. is I think Vegas is a little wise to the, the Wildcats and how we have Oklahoma's number. And uh, so it's it's not a huge money line. I think I, last time I looked, it was like plus 360. So I, I made a, a modest bet there. Uh, not as big as they did in, in previous years, but mm-hmm. one that I did like, and I got in on it early, was the Bucks minus six and a half. Now that line's mm-hmm. gone to minus seven, but uh, I like the Bucks big this week in in a bounce back game for the Bucks defense against a rookie quarterback and Mac Jones without James White, and with a laser focused Tom Brady 
and Rob Gronkowski coming to New England on Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's the way to go, and uh, I think that you're right on that bet. But I also will say this: New England is going to be pretty tough. This is not going to be a walk in the park. There were some other things kind of said today. Oh, before I get to those things, got to shout out Elliot with the great memory here, reminiscing of John's <laughs> battle plan where he signed Jamal Williams. I was reminiscing yeah. about this just the other day, Elliot, when I saw Jamal Williams absolutely truck stick one of the Packers linebackers on a blitz, and I was just like. I yeah. love this guy, man. Everybody who plays with him loves him too. Like Aaron Rodgers just like gushing about him on Pat McAfee show. Just like, oh, I love that guy playing with him. His joy, yeah. his energy. Apparently we got some love on the Tom or the, the uh, Pat McAfee show today too. Yeah, that's time. the word. Britt just sent me the tweet actually. So I, it was one of our tweets about Richard Sherman. But Which one was um, it? It was uh, one about, um, let me see. It was uh, Richard Sherman said him and Tom Brady are the same in some regards in the sense that they're both obsessed about the game. That is something Sherman yes. talked about today. He said that he and Brady both are like kind of obsessive to it, to it sometimes a degree where they need to pull back um, too. you know, he mentioned, yeah. I talk about an insightful dude. Oh my gosh. Like I'm hoping that we get the quote sent over from um, the, uh, from the, um, from the, from the PR, the, from the, the media relations. Yeah. yeah from the Buccaneers uh, off from Sherman today, because, Man, he had some unbelievable things to say, Scott. And obviously, like that July incident with him was, you know, really unfortunate one. And obviously, he made some serious mistakes then, but he just kind of owned it, man. Like, and he was just like, yeah, I got the help that I needed. And he talked about the impact therapy has had for him and the tools that it's given him. And he also talked about the the beauty and the freedom that comes from the transparency of sharing your struggles and then seeing other people come and say, Hey, that's my struggle too. And I've never shared it. And kind of, you know, we don't that stuff bonds people. And he talked about the freedom that comes from just right. being able to admit the truth and, and seek out the help that you need. And, oh man, I just, I think I have long been, I'm not even going to lie. Like I never thought I'd be covering him, but I'd long been one of the biggest Richard Sherman fans as a person, you know, and obviously the science and it was unfortunate for what it is for sure, but it's great to hear him talk about how he and his wife are in a great place and how much of an encouragement she's been to him as he's been going through this process of getting, Right. And it was, it was like the transparency and the honesty and the vulnerability and the openness about weaknesses and where areas needs to grow that honestly, like we wish we'd seen from Antonio Brown at any point during Antonio Brown stuff and the refreshingness of the way Sherman conducted himself. And it was just really cool to see today. And I just hope, you know, best to him as he's on that path as somebody who's made tons of those mistakes, uh, you know, being able to own it, being able to grow from it and get serious about that part, man. I just really respect that about him. So I think the Bucks are getting a real gem um, as a person because he's willing to look in the mirror and, and see those things. And I think he does the same thing with his game. And it's one of the reasons why he's such a perfectionist and so obsessive. And so I'm just kind of excited about that part of you know, what he brings to the community and the culture. And hopefully that he stays on that track and that's real for him and that, that continues to happen. I like the fact that he's going to get the stank off the Josh Freeman number five jersey personally. <laughs> That's what I like. He's gonna, he's gonna uh, do number the, five right. I got the funniest. I can tell you who's from people the show now. I got the funniest text today from somebody who sent me a picture of a Josh Freeman, you know, wearing the number five or whatever, and they were yeah. like, "This guy already got his uh, already got his Richard Sherman jersey." <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was great. But speaking uh, of five, William Butler, thank you. What's the word on AB? Let's let's do a little injury uh, update. We had some people asking about Geo John. What's the word on AB? You're out there at practice today with Matt Matera. Yeah, AB is going to be back tomorrow. I believe that's the end of his 10 days. Yeah. 
Bruce said. So I guess maybe then Tuesday was when he, Wednesday was announced, or Tuesday was the day it was was uh, was uh, he was tested probably. So Wednesday was the day we found out, I guess. And so yeah, I guess it'll be ten days. I don't know, yeah. but anyway, uh, so he so that also implies that he's asymptomatic. You have to be asymptomatic after the ten days. So. AB right. probably was asymptomatic through this, or at least is right now. So um, the good sign for him being able to get back to 100% this week. Also, Jamal Dean practiced. I think we may have mentioned that earlier in the show. Yep. Jamal Dean practiced in full today. I believe Aaron said in full. He definitely practiced. He said he was sore, but he should be good to go for this week. So even if Sherman isn't ready to play. Uh, and then Rob Gronkowski, Giovanni Bernard, and – I'm forgetting someone. Jason Pierre-Paul did not practice today. Think the expectation is still that Gronkowski is going to be able to play. Just probably. I don't think he's going to miss this game. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. He's going to get veteran week. He'll show up on Sunday and play. Yeah. That a veteran Uh, day where like a veteran gets a day off, he'll get veteran week. That's okay. mm, We'll see on Giovanni Bernard. That's a big one for this week, I think. And then because the Patriots linebackers in coverage, you could see it last week if you watched. Yeah, I think that's a question mark. And then. The other one is um, the other one is Jason, Jason Pierre Paul, who yeah. he said earlier in the week he didn't think would be good to go, and so I, yeah. I guess we'll expect to see him. They didn't put him on injured reserve, so I would assume Correct. that they believe they can get him back by at least week five. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Big Earn with the ten dollars super chat. Big Thank Earn, appreciate, appreciate super chats. This defense is comparable to last season. There were a lot of lumps we took. That Super Bowl put blinders on me to a lot of it. Sherman was the third third most burned cornerback in front smb so there's that i don't know what that means third most burned cornerback in front of smb uh i will say this about what bigger and said there uh there were a lot of lumps that the bucks took during the regular season it made what they did in the playoffs uh, i should say after the washington game in the playoffs that much more surprising but this is why somebody actually mentioned it i saw that comment at the beginning here like john's nickname should be sample size i guess i must have written (laughs) sample size in my article or something but I just am you a just huge say believer. It all the time. Right. I'm a huge and believer that you got me saying it too. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't properly evaluate something and make a definitive statement off and off a small sample size most right. of the time. You know, unless you know, you could get a player who's out there totally unathletic, falling all over themselves, and you could say, oh, I don't know if he's gonna play in the NFL. But once you get to the NFL level, it is hard to make conclusive statements at this level where the plane is here and everybody is kind of this right. good without larger sample sizes. And so that's why their overreaction to Bulls, you know, we went from should he be fired at the Washington after the Washington game, literally, then national media. I'm not talking about Bucks people. I'm talking about national yeah. media to wow, the Lions totally screwed up not hiring him as a head coach after the Super Bowl. And it's just like three games, no matter how good they are, cannot do that to you. Like that's right. It can't. And so we're seeing that again, kind of some of the struggles that happen in the regular season come back up. And we'll see something. He's not a bad DC. Is he? Should he is he an obvious like star head coach waiting to happen for a second time around? I totally disagree with that. I don't think that I would not see him that way at all. But yeah, we'll see. Crazier things have happened, and uh, you know I yeah. think that I mean right let's let's not forget uh, what it was a three game uh, week four, right? The Chargers came to town. Rookie quarterback Justin Herbert, mm. and they had a, a two touchdown lead, seventeen point lead at one point in time against Tampa Bay, and they just shredded the secondary. Sean Murphy Bunting got beat twice. He was banged up at the time. He got healthier as the season went on. We saw a completely different Sean Murphy Bunting in the postseason than we did during the regular season. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens and how this how this secondary gets healthier as the season goes on. Hopefully not more banged up and improves. Hopefully it does improve. 
Right. I want to also talk to people today, Scott, about a little thing we call underdog fantasy and some of the awesome stuff that they have going on right now. I think I've talked to people about the fact that right now, if you use that promo code pewter, you can get $10 credit to play right now. And they've got the pick'ems going on, the pick'em games over at underdog fantasy. You could select over or under on player stat lines, get a pick two correct, and you can triple your money. Get a pick five correct, and you can win 20 times the amount of money you enter with. It's simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download their app. Sign up with the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Build that pick them in seconds. They're going to give you free $10 when you sign up with that first deposit. So download that Underdog Fantasy app, sign up with that promo code, and go Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to get that $10 credit. You can also use that $10 of credit in their best ball resurrection league. It's an NFL midseason best ball tournament. The entries are $10, and you can do a bunch more, by the way, if you want. 100K in total prizes are being given out right now. There's 11,000 entrants right now, I believe, into this thing, and first place gets $20,000. For, for free, you can enter this. You can enter a chance to win $20,000 for free. All you have to do is sign up. You may make a deposit, but you only have to put in $10, and they give you the 10 to play. So you can take your money Damn, back out if you want it. free money right there. But why not just keep playing, right, and use that's the right. do the pick-ems? Uh, that's the it's way to go. It's a fun so. website. It really oh, is. It's awesome, yeah. yeah. The, the best ball tournaments coming back in the season are, are sweet. That's a really creative, fun idea that they're doing. So make sure you check those things out with Underdog Fantasy. All right, Scott, the other element of today that was a little bit interesting was uh, Jordan Whitehead is said today that he's ready to go. He's ready to – be a hundred percent. He's played like kind of sparingly last two weeks. Is it just trying to get Mike Edwards on the field more? There's some, they played together in week two. Uh, it feels like to me, very counterproductive to take. I mean, it's time we start respect given Jordan. Feels Whitehead. Like Jordan Whitehead's in a contract here. wants to play. Yeah. And also and like he's pretty good. Like, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, early on, he definitely struggled in his career and you have to shelter his role, maybe some, but he's pretty freaking good, Scott. Like he you know what? makes he, plays on the ball. He's good in zone right. coverage. He's, Here's what I say about, about Whitehead and how I've seen his game evolve. He's either solid or spectacular. You don't really get bad games from Jordan right. Whitehead. You right. know? And not I, anymore. I think, I, I, and, and listen, that, that's a huge plus because when you're not a, a Pro Bowl caliber star player, that is going to give you, you know, 14 games of brilliance out of 17 in a season. If you can get seven brilliant games and then 10 solid games and a right. player like Jordan Whitehead, that's a fantastic season. You know, right. that's a great season for him. And it's going to allow him to get paid in Tampa or, or somewhere else. But the thing is, is, is him staying healthy because he, he is pound for pound, probably the toughest guy on the roster and that's not coming from me that's coming from the players they'll tell yeah. you that they love the way this guy plays but he's not the biggest guy but man he plays like he's about 30 he thinks he's 30 pounds heavier and three inches taller than yeah. he is. He he's a player he, i would love to have him back if yeah, i were to he, have a bag. he thinks he's harrison smith right and he <laughs> he plays like it sometimes but um but it's just him staying healthy and uh and he he's he's had some of those issues but it's it's because he plays so hard and so uh, that sometimes that's that's just the 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 collateral damage that you play when you when you play that hard, and I think that's that's probably the the biggest attribute I can say about Whitehead is he plays hard all the yeah, time. Yeah, and you're not going to put him maybe in certain situations all the time, but man, he's great around the line of scrimmage. He yeah. reads his keys in the run game as well as 
one of the Bucks linebackers. Uh, yeah. He tackles like, extremely well. It seems like Todd Bowles really has a good feel for how to use him, right? I mean, out of, out of all of the 11 chess pieces that he has at his disposal at one time, it Agreed. seems like Agreed. it seems like Jordan White is, is, a, is a guy that down in, down out, Todd Bowles knows how to use. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He is he's very physical, one of the best tacklers on the team. You can blitz him great in the run support, great around the box, great in the flats. So yeah, he just basically what I'm saying is he just needs to play 100% of the snaps. Yes. Like I I don't like I don't even like the game as much as I've caped for Mike Edwards. I don't like the game of playing, oh, let's play Edwards, you know, 35% just to say we got him on the field and maybe makes a big play, we'll, you know, roll the dice and put him out right. there and let's take Jordan Whitehead off the field. To me it's just like play Whitehead and if you play Edwards as much as you feel he's physically capable of playing in the matchup each week. I, I I think he's physically capable of being the nickel in this team for as much as for the fit in the scheme that they run. Yeah. If they disagree, they have a lot of insight into it too. Fine, then especially if they're play playing zone with, with safety help over the top. I right. think I think that, or, that that is where you can really get away with playing Edwards in the slot. True. Yeah. Or play play Winfield in the slot. Play you know play. Yep. Take Devin White off the field on passing downs. Take a defensive lineman <laughs> off the field and put Devin White at the line of scrimmage and put Jordan White yeah. in a linebacker next to Levante David. But right. get your best players on the field all the time defensively. And yep. the fact that Edwards and Whitehead, I think we would both say, are two of the better players, or at least opportunistic. You know, they're, they're, they should be guys that play the majority of your snaps when you're a team in the situation the Bucs right. are in defensive back-wise, <laughs> and that's not happening. So I just – I. I think if Whitehead says he's ready and he really is ready, then he you should play him as much as, as he can. Yeah. I agree. John, um, I hate to, to be the, the bearer of bad news for our, our audience. It is Wednesday, and, and um, sometimes we have uh, a segment called Leonard. That's true. And sometimes we have a new we segment called Ronald. <laughs> but today, no Leonard and no Ronald because we, they didn't play much last they, week. That's right. I was going to say they hardly yeah. played. So yeah. I didn't, you know, yes, I watched the tape and there were definitely a few Leonard runs that made me like, come on. But yeah, there was nothing that made that warranted the segment this week. So Correct. we'll spare them this now, week. At the same time, to be fair, we have also played some of their highlights when they've done well. So yes. sometimes Leonard and Ronald can be very positive segments. It all depends on how they play. It's true. I but, mean, when Leonard in the playoffs, we played, it was almost all. Right. positive um, it was it was yeah we're so. not gonna change the narrative if they play overwhelmingly well for sure yes. we'll, we'll ride with it but they didn't really do anything that bad or that good yeah. uh, in this game so uh, we, we were kind of busy today let's let's be honest it's that's like, true too just, yes yeah, i did watch all the offensive kind of tape though i am through it i did see it i did not feel like there were any plays i forgot to tell you but i not there were no plays worth i don't want to stretch it to make them look bad you know like, yeah on a play no, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Eh, you know exactly okay. yeah. um but I will say this, Scott, uh, while you won't have the fun of the Rojo and Lenny segment maybe this week because of their play, you can get on a, a little on another little piece of fun here with our friends over at Dave and Buster's yes. Estuary Lakes Drive down in Tampa that or at any fun. Dave and Buster's location near you. Dave and Buster's fall football campaign is off and running and it is going extremely well if you know anything about dave and busters or what's going on with them recently you're talking about a new menu you're talking about new looks across the, a lot of dave and busters way more screens they've expanded kind of their their atmosphere it's just terrific for game days uh, it's a great place to watch the game to take it all in uh or go down there college football weekend that's the best time right because yes. you get to go down there and there's college games on all the different screens and they have so many you can watch those games at all times so make yeah, sure you, you can get watch down there. games football games and you can play games it's yeah. the best of both look, worlds, John. Look, there's Matt. There's our Matt Matera right there yeah. playing some games and his girlfriend Sadie. And yeah, I mean, yeah. they're just having a great time. I can time. kick his ass in skee ball, though. I can, can you? Oh, well, I didn't, yeah. We're going to have to. 
We're gonna have to get a pewter report group. I can throw down some ski ball and some air hockey. Those are my two games. Okay, all right. We'll have to yeah. get some pewter report group outing going out there, perhaps. But yeah, check out Dave and Buster's. Here's the deal though with Dave and Buster's $200 gift card is on the table for you to be able to win. How can I do that, John? It's very, very easy to be one of the people trying to win this gift card. All you have to do is go click on the link to an Instagram post in this description of this YouTube show. All that's all you have to do. Click on that and yeah. it'll make you like you like it. You tag two friends in it, you follow Peter Report and uh and Dave and Busters, and that's it. Like you're entered in to win a two hundred dollar gift card without having to do anything. Again, we're just yeah. giving you opportunities to make money and have opportunities to do fun things. So go enter that uh, with nothing to really do there. Just enter that contest really quickly and uh, help us out and help yourself out to get a chance to uh, win a Dave and Buster's gift card. So pretty cool stuff from Dave and Buster's. Here's today's injury report, Scott. You ready? I'm ready. Giovanni Bernard did not participate. Carlton not Davis surprised. still with the abdomen and ribs, but was a full participant. Yeah. Jamel Dean was a limited participant. So even though Arian sounded pretty optimistic and dismissive, yeah, he did uh, was a limited. Chris Godwin's on the report, full participant with a thumb injury. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski didn't participate because of his ribs. Jaden Mickens was back today with the helmet pads. Mm -hmm. He had the abdomen injury. He was a limited participant today. Yeah. Um, and then Jason Pierre-Paul was a shoulder injury, did not participate. Yeah. And for the Patriots, Henry Anderson, a rotational defensive lineman for them. Ankle injury, he was limited. Jawan Bentley, a linebacker for them. Shoulder was limited. Uh, Trent Brown, their right tackle, I believe, was limited with a calf injury. Then their left tackle, Isaiah Wynn, was limited with a knee. Uh, he's been injured a lot in his career. Um, Nick Folk, their kicker, was limited with the left knee. Uh, Josh Uche uh, the, uh, had a back injury, their pass rusher, linebacker mm -hmm. player, uh, limited participant. Cal Van, really Noy with a, yeah, Cal Van Noy with a groin. And James White was limited as well. And James White did not participate. Yeah, they have he's a actually lot limited. Un he's on injured reserve. They they put him on injured reserve. Did they move today. him? Because they yeah. must not have before this practice. But I thought did they just move? Yeah, him? Uh, our okay, uh, our esteemed colleague J.C. Allen, who has an eye on the Patriots for some reason, uh, said that uh, that he will end up in injured reserve, and not just James uh, White, but also Scotty Miller went on injured reserve the day for the Buccaneers. Yeah. With that good point. Yeah. So many things happening today. We just forgot to even mention that. Yes. Forgot to even mention that Jaden Mickens was back in a limited role practice today. Yeah. He looks like he could be good to go uh, for this week. Prime time this week. Yes, Vegan Buccaneer. Let's talk about this prime time deal with everything we got going on here at Peter Report. We are going to be prime time. We're going to be out at Whiskey Wings, aren't we, Scott? Uh, prime yes, time are. with pregame at Whiskey Bing, Wings Sports Bar and Grill in Temple Terrace. Look at the address is right there. Sandwich. Yes, look at that. That's You've had the sandwich, John. Oh my gosh, it's amazing too. It's so good. I actually really want one right now. But <laughs> Buffalo chicken um, sandwich. If you're listening yeah. rather than watching the podcast, it, it, it's not a small bun, folks. It, that's a regular size bun. It's just that, that the the buffalo chicken uh, that they use is just super sized. It literally does not fit on the bun. It's really like you need two buns for the size of that sandwich, but then who wants two buns? That's just too much bread. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's this big in real life. Like that's really, it's, it's bigger. I think actually when yeah. I got it. Um, so great food, they have great deals going on there all night, all, all throughout the week, but it's a great place to come out and watch this game, watch this primetime game, outdoor bar, indoor, tons of screens, lots of games to play as well. Great clean atmosphere there. Uh, the food is great. The service is great. The people are so 
Everybody I've dealt with there has been so nice, so friendly, so accommodating. Uh, and then the pewter reporter is going to be out there. They got beer there. No I'm question there, about man. that. Um, yeah. And so Sunday night, we'll be out there with pregame show, what, 6.30, right? We're starting 6.30 pregame show. Yes. Uh, JC Allen, Casey Hudson will be out there on location. We'll have pewter report stuff set up out there, T-shirts. Giveaways. We got giveaways. Free pewter report yes. swag we're giving pewter away. report swag, Celsius swag, my bookie swag. We've got all kinds of stuff. You can come out. Load up, see us, say hi, get something to eat, get something to drink. Uh, it's just a great, it's going to be a great time. Listen to the live show, watch the live show. Um, you know, it's going to be a great time before Bucks Patriots kick off and then watch the game. It's just going to be a great atmosphere to watch the game and have a good time. So head on over to Whiskey Wings Temple Terrace. We'll be out there as well. And you can say hi to the Peter Report crew. All right, Scott, uh, what else from today? Anything else from today before we wrap up the show? Oh, I know what I wanted to say. Okay. We, we'll get this for the last couple minutes here. Bill Belichick said today, I'm going to have an article coming out about this tomorrow. I've already interviewed a couple different people that know, but Bill Belichick said today when what was surprisingly transparent quote to me from Bill Belichick, he said that the offense Brady is running right now in Tampa Bay is essentially, he said it's 100% what they was running in New England and, mm, and that it still bears quite. his imprint. Yeah, and that, uh, and that um, what was the last thing he said? Um, um, he said you could basically call the, the protections – the flare control, all these kind of things, like you could call all of it, and it's the same of what they did in New England. He said, and so I don't buy it. I was pretty surprised by that. Um, yeah. there the reason is, the reason why I say that is because there's so many vertical elements to this Bruce Arians right. passing game that just were not in the playbook. Now, now, maybe they were back when Charlie Weiss was calling plays, and he had Randy Moss to throw the deep ball to. But certainly over the last couple of years, they have not had. Uh, a player in New England that could that could consistently stretch the field. I mean, Philip Dorsett might have been the closest one, right? And um, they had Brandon Cooks for a minute, but they just have not had that vertical element in New England. Yeah. And uh, so maybe Belichick's thinking back in the past, but certainly the last couple of years of Brady, uh, there's there's some similarities, some concepts. I mean, gosh, like every NFL offense has a slant, right? It has a, mm-hmm. a hitch, a comeback. Different right. personnel groupings, different deployments, but I think systematically right. we're talking about two different approaches here. Yeah, and if you have ever wondered, you know, about well, oh, yeah, are they, is it the same offense? Are there similarities? Check out the article tomorrow on PeterReport.com. I interviewed our Paul Atwal. I gave some great insight for this. Obviously, I've got some knowledge on this too. And then yeah. Mark Schofield, who you've seen on the show many times, yeah. who has studied Tom Brady, the Patriots, Belichick, and Bruce Arians. Probably the combination of those things has probably a better grasp on that than I would I would put his grasp on that up against anybody not in the league right now just because I think he has such great understanding and ability to step back and see it from a distance. And those guys gave some great insight and quotes. But I'll say this. There's enough concepts and overlap between most offenses, but also this these two offenses, and there always has been, by the way. There's not something that right. suddenly changed. The Bucs didn't really change a lot of their concepts. They changed things about how they how they perform those concepts, like play action, more motion, things like that, for sure. But yeah. the concepts themselves have remained mostly the same with some new added things like every team does every year, sure. uh, and we've seen already a few this year. But there's just enough differences that what – Belichick said is like kind of noticeably wrong, like yeah, just not accurate. And so I, why did he say? Because Belichick obviously knows. Yeah. So why did he say it? Is it kind of is it a dig at Arians? It's kind of been low key, but Arians has dug Belichick a few times over the last year. Like I don't know that it's been intentional. Right. I don't know what kind of chip they have, but like you remember last year, there at least twice where he said 
something about how the Bucks have handled something that Brady liked and they didn't handle it that way in New England. Yeah, he well, made like a too, comment about that. Right. He also said that, you know, we let Brady coach down here, you know. Yeah, yeah right. Like, that like, kind why of comment, not, right? right. Like, things like things like that. Uh Greg yeah. DeCruz asked, is Scott gonna place a bet that Brady breaks passing yards record with a TD pass to Gronk? Well, that would certainly be storybook, wouldn't it? I mean, not for the Patriots fans watching, but for for those two, that would certainly be awesome. would be yeah. would be awesome to get a a, a record breaking tutty right in in the place where they started their careers. That would be something. So I, I don't I don't have like a smooth transition because we've already done the my bookie segment about Boy, betting. So I really can't yeah, do that. But when you're talking about money, there is another place to go to, and it's there these is guys. yes. At A Muni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Aim Uni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Managing your family's wealth means more to a Muni Financial than anything. It's allocating your assets, right? It's legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With over 40 years of experience, let Muni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give Muni Financial a call at 1-800-868-6864. Or visit amuni.com. And John, I'm happy to say that not only uh, are, are they an advertising sponsor of the Peter Report podcast and peterreport.com, I'm also a client. I was blown away by uh, their, their pitch, their expertise in this field, that I've got the majority of my financial investments at Amuni Financial. They're over in St. Petersburg. They're a local company. I've known Dave and Mark for years and, mm-hmm. and um, really satisfied with the type of returns I'm getting on my investments at Amuni Financial. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome stuff. People should definitely check out Amini Financial and the stuff they do. Hard to have people you can know you can trust with your money. And I appreciate that about you guys. When you're saying you can trust them, I believe you. And I think that's something you know, people should look into for sure. So um yeah, I, I am I am I am uh I am a little still perplexed by Belichick's comment here, but what was funny to me is you know, he gets asked like fifty times, how are you gonna manage your emotions, you know, between you know, Brady and <laughs> Does he you know, have any emotions? Like, Come on, like, He's like you guys cover the Patriots. <laughs> cover the Patriots every day, they're on to and they're the asking, yeah, week, like, you know. <laughs> what did they think he was going to say? But yeah. it actually came up today to me. You know, another guy who's pretty emotionless. I feel like during pressers is is Mike Evans for the most part. You know, yeah. and I just I am like constantly just. I think it's hilarious the way Mike Evans kind of like like he sits down for a minute. It's just like. Like this is like yeah. he just says his body language like like I gotta do this again. But then his answers yeah. don't sound anything like that. But right. he must have been asked like three times in some different way today what it would feel like to catch the pass from Brady that mm-hmm. if it's a long one for a touchdown, what it would feel like if you're the receiver that breaks the record. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> come on. I'm man. sure like, there's probably a prop bet somewhere and probably on my bookie that, that he's it's, yeah, you know, who's who's gonna be the buccaneer to catch that. So Right. Uh, that that's going to be interesting to see on Sunday. You know, it, what, right, watch you be sure. like like OJ Howard or Cam Braid or Tyler Johnson or somebody that just yeah. happens to to be in the game as a replacement player and ends up you know being a part of history. 
Right, for sure. Uh, Brian says, as much as I like Ledger, thank you, Brian. The amount of advertising is out of control. Hey, no, listen, Brian, if, if you would on. like to send us checks, the amount that our advertising That's do, true. If we you want to ads. know how do we produce this content, how do we yes. have time to do it, how do we pay a staff of people to do it? I just am not picking out Brian here, but it just floors me. I want people to like understand like this stuff literally allows us to do the content that That's you right. enjoy. And it's still way less. I listen to podcasts all the time. It's less than most podcasts and it's absolutely less than radio. <laughs> like there's That's no right. comparison. So yeah, if you don't like it, you know, don't feel like you have to listen for sure, but it's something that we got to do. <laughs> watching Yes. Watching Scott sell the Manscaped ads is that, and we yes. try to make them as fun for y'all as of we course, possibly yes. can, but we also believe in these businesses and we want to give them yeah. the time that they deserve as well too. So appreciate the shout outs, uh, Brian, but I definitely want you to be aware of that and aware of why we do what we do. It isn't just fluff. We do it so we can keep producing John, this content for y'all. I hate to say it, I really have not done my, my Patriots game prep yet. You should do that yeah. on Wednesdays. I was a little busy today. I know you were too. Our whole peer yep. report staff was cranking out a ton of content on a very busy Richard Sherman Newsday. So mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to have, I can tell you a score that I think is going to happen, but I really can't dive into the, well, we're going to preview the game tomorrow. So we can, Good. I mean, okay. maybe not you and I, cause I, you were yeah. trying to protect the I'll, I'll boards to, for Sunday, I'll have to but watch it, you have to watch yeah. it to get some, but Matt and I, yes, Matt and I will be on and we'll, we're going to preview this one. We're going to break it down and we're going to, you know, look at just like we do ever would normally do on Wednesdays non-Richard Sherman signing Wednesdays. So we're going to break yeah. it down and we're going to talk about a lot of the elements to this one, including how do these guys match up? I want to, I want to look at that a lot. You know, do, is it going to be a man coverage or zone coverage scheme mostly for the Bucs yeah. against rookie Mac Jones? How do they match up on that front? What are the strengths of the Patriots do bring to the table? And then low key Patriots pass defense. I think they're number one in the league. They're definitely up there right now. I know they've played very bad quarter. I'm not, you know, I know with who they've played in terms yeah, of quarterbacks, exactly. but right yeah. too, that's where they got their only win. Yeah. They've got a lot of picks this year and the Jets. And, right. So I think that this is going to be a different test for them, but I still think this is a very good coverage scheme and yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be tough sliding. I think for the Bucks offense, at least defensively, Bucks right. need a big day. They should bounce back really strong. So all that'll be on tomorrow's show. Yeah. And then I'm going to give you my pick right now. Oh, I you do, are. I do right. feel confident with the pick. You can save yours for tomorrow with Matt. But I think it's time that the Buccaneers get back to 30 points because I think that's the only way they can win is that they score 30 points. Unless the defense remarkably gets better overnight, which is not going to happen, but it'll get healthier. This is a bounce back game. This is a get healthy game for the Bucs in the secondary. So I'm going to say the Buccaneers get 30 points on the board. 33-0. Yeah. And they're going to win 30 to 23. And I, I think this this is going to be a closer game than people mm. think. Belichick knows Brady and is going to do some things to annoy him. Brady might throw a pick or two in this game, wouldn't surprise me. Just because conceptually, Brady will will face Belichick and those guys know each other in and out. There'll be some chess matches here for sure. No doubt. No doubt. So I'm saying 30 to 23. And because uh, I think the line right now is seven, because I got in on uh, the minus six and a half bucks um, bet on on my bookie yesterday, uh, I'm, I'm going to win that. So I like yeah, that. for sure. No, I appreciate it. And Big Earn, appreciate the five dollars super chat. These ads aren't that bad. Transitions are seamless. Five out of five flags would listen again. That's great. <laughs> and that we, we, we learned how to do those segues and seamless transitions from the best Mark Cook. So best. Mark Cook's yes. legacy still lives on. He taught us well. Um, think about him about every Mark, transition. Every, every transition <laughs> and every day, every time we do a podcast, that exactly. guy is top of mind. Absolutely, for sure. Uh, so if you haven't, if you haven't yet, 
check out the articles that are on peterreport.com that went up today because there's a ton that have gone up. Scott himself wrote like 15 articles about Richard Sherman <laughs> covering this thing from a lot of angles. So, and we'll have a more tomorrow up about comparing Brady in the belt in the Bruce Arians offense yes. to Brady in the belt. That's going to be the, the good matchup. X's no show preview tomorrow. Usually it's Wednesday, but preview tomorrow. Matt and John will be handling all of the, yeah, the matchup between yep. Bucks and Patriots. So appreciate y'all. Subscribe to Pewter Report. Hit the like button. We'll see y'all tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.